everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast with your hosts, Mike and April. Our show includes interesting guests who are here to talk about basically any new age subject. We're willing to cover any and all. Any and all. Stuff there's, that we find interesting. There's nothing we won't talk about, from consciousness to paranormal activity, activity, out-of-body experiences, you name it, we want to talk about it. We also want to know what you want to hear about. We really want to give back to our fans and our audience, so if there is a specific topic that we haven't covered yet, we'd love your suggestions to come in, either through our website, through email, or our Facebook page, or Twitter. So this week's guest is Dennis Dominic. And I actually had the privilege of meeting Dennis at a health fair, believe it or not. I was there tabling for my private practice, and I was offering some Reiki sessions, and his wife came over. He was at another table doing his own demonstration of vibroacoustic therapy. His wife came over and saw that I was doing Reiki and asked for a quick demonstration of that. So I got a chance to give her some Reiki, and she went back to Dennis and said a lot of great things about me, which I thank her for. And Dennis came over to me. We exchanged business cards. And he said, I'd really like to work with you in some capacity. Uh, I had some experience at the time, still have some experience working with veterans. And he was approached by the VA to try to incorporate some vibroacoustic therapy in the VA to help treat the veterans with post-traumatic stress. And he saw that I had served them in my practice. Dennis had said that the vibroacoustic therapy, it would be great for trauma, but he was afraid that if some bigger issues came up for these veterans that he would want to have a therapist to refer them to. So that's how things got started between Dennis and I. We've since cultivated a really nice working relationship. We conduct meditation groups where I do a guided meditation while he plays his 10 string harp guitar and we bring people through beautiful guided meditations. So really excited to have him. Yeah. When I met Dennis, which was last June, we had gotten together to do, uh, we wanted to do a web series and we just wanted to take, you know, maybe 20 minutes and film a particular person in a a different type of field of healing. And Dennis happened to be the music healer. So I met him at his office and we interviewed him for probably about an hour. And then he let me lay on the table and he just played, I don't know, seemed for a few minutes and it was very relaxing <laughs> and you'll hear more about the uh what he does and his table and his music in the interview yeah and i had never heard of vibroacoustic therapy before i've heard of sound healing and knew that there were different modalities out there that helped people heal through sound but this was the first that I ever heard of vibroacoustic therapy. I have had a chance to, to have quite a few sessions with Dennis. We trade Reiki for vibroacoustic and it's a pretty amazing experience. So I'd like to tell you a little bit more about how Dennis came to be a vibroacoustic therapist. He originally is a certified music practitioner certified by the national standards board for therapeutic musicians. He's also a practicing therapeutic musician playing at the bedside one-on-one for critically ill and actively dying patients in hospitals, hospitals, hospices, nursing homes, and private homes. He's trained in the use of music to guide the patient physiologically, emotionally, and spiritually to a more comfortable position, and he uses his training he received from the Music for Healing and Transition program. Dennis has also completed training at Vibroacoustics International in Toronto, Ontario. So here's our interview with Dennis Dominic. Welcome, Dennis. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. 
Yeah. Nice to have you. We've, we've worked with Dennis on a couple of occasions here. We actually have a web series that we're going to be promoting maybe late summer of 2016. And we had a chance to interview Dennis live. And we have some nice video footage of him explaining really what vibroacoustic therapy is. Mike and I went to his office. We got a chance to actually film a session. Mike actually uh, experienced a vibroacoustic session. And uh, we're here really just to uh, help other people learn what vibroacoustic therapy is. I really enjoyed the uh, this session that I had. I mean, it was only, I think, five minutes. But uh, that five minutes was really relaxing. And... Uh, I know, I think you mentioned before in your previous interview that um, it takes about 15 minutes for any sort of healing to start take place or deeper. Well, um, yeah, uh, well, Mike, um, actually, <clears throat> I mean, of course, it varies depending on the, you know, what, um, what situation they're in. Um, but in general, after about 15 minutes, the, your actual brain chemistry begins to change. You begin to release some of the chemicals that are released during um, exercise, like endorphins and serotonin and all the kind of feel-good um, chemicals. And what that does is it relaxes you and it um, takes you from the, the beta waves um, that you're normally um, using and uh, more toward your alpha and uh, theta and delta waves where actually that is the area that you are in when, um, when your body's relaxed, when it's susceptible to suggestions, and, um, and that's where healing does occur. Okay. Now, I, we should back up a little bit. How did you get started in, in this? Well, actually, um, I went to uh, a uh, conference for uh, therapeutic musicians in um, South Carolina, uh, or actually, sorry, North Carolina, and um, there was a woman there who does vibroacoustic harp uh, therapy, and she... Um, she was there and she gave some demonstrations. Um, her name is Sarah Jane Williams. And um, she uses the, the method of using the notes from her harp converted into vibrations uh, on a table that's similar to the one that you were on. Um, and then later uh, I found um, uh, Kate Kunkel up in Toronto uh, who actually uh, has a company called uh, Vibroacoustics International, and she teaches her method there, which um, she uses the already pre-programmed vibrations uh, that Olaf Skill, um, Norwegian um, doctor, uses and developed since the 70s. So she uses those as a base, and then uh, over the top of that, she uses uh, her instrument to um, create uh, additional vibrations. So I really liked her technique of using um, <clears throat> both the pre-programmed vibrations as well as the vibrations from her instrument, which happens to be a harp also, uh, similar to um, uh, Sarah Jane Williams. I actually use a harp guitar, which is a guitar that has uh, four sub-basses that, um, that give you the resonance of the lower notes. Okay. Can you talk more about the uh, 
equipment. I noticed the, the bed had like speakers built into it. Yeah, the speakers it, are actually transducer speakers. And what transducer speakers do is they um, they emit uh, physical vibrations um, versus a normal speaker, which um, is has a, a paper cone in it. And um, the paper cone moves air and so you hear things audibly whereas a transducer speaker produces vibrations that you feel so that's um that's what the uh the equipment does and um but you're also getting the benefit of the acoustic sound of the instrument because i'm sitting right next to you uh, on the massage table while you're um, receiving the vibrations so you're hearing my instrument at the same time and when I, I noticed that when I was there, you didn't really play a song. You were just kind of noodling. Yes, right. Yeah, I use um, I use improvisation. Uh, one of the reasons for that is that my goal is to not trigger specific memories um, that can get in the way of the entire process. Um, so what I do is I go through a series of notes, ten notes. Um, and I will ask the client to choose the note that they can feel in either the area where they need physical healing or uh, a note that feels harmonic to them. Maybe they're there for an emotional reason or for um, trying to make some life change. So what we do is we go down through the notes and there will be a specific note that day that is uh, right for that client. And then I utilize that note, say if it's uh, the note C, um, and then I play the uh, harmonics that are um, naturally harmonic to that note in that key of C uh, so that the client is feeling the note that they've chosen as well as notes that are harmonic to that. And that sets up the proper vibrations in their body and then I use those those notes and um, other modes around those notes to um, uh, improvise uh, sounds that are healing sounds. And I can actually speak to that. Dennis and I, we trade Reiki for vibroacoustic therapy and I've probably have had now maybe a handful of sessions 10 or 15 and I mm -hmm. always find that part of it interesting because each time I come in if I have a physical pain somewhere or if I'm dealing with certain stress sometimes I think I'm always going to pick that same note but I have been able to experience a couple of different notes um, out of those 10 and it's really neat the experience to feel that when you're playing those 10 notes for the client to choose from, how they really can resonate differently in the body. Like sometimes I'll feel the note in the lower part of the body. I think that one time when I was working on my calves after a, a heavy session of yoga, I had a lot of pain in my calves. And, uh, you know, and I really picked that note and vibration that was resonating with the lower part of the body. And then there's sometimes where, you know, you feel it in, in the head or the heart area. And it's just so fascinating how those different notes can actually travel through those speakers and then up into the person's body. It's pretty cool. Well, if you also if you think of it this way, um, the everything has a resonance. If you put the uh, sustain pedal down on a piano and you're not dampening all the all the strings 
um, and you play one note, the A, say uh, you pick an A and you play an A, all the other A strings begin to vibrate. Um, and you can actually physically see them moving. And then all of the harmonics, uh, that all of the notes that are harmonic with the A, you can also see those move. So basically the same thing is happening in your body. And it's an energy process and, and energy has intelligence. And so you know what you need uh, by hearing that note. Um, there's a... Uh, uh, a science called cymatics, <clears throat> excuse me, cymatics, and um, that uh, is actually the study of how uh, sound affects matter, and um, if you want to, you can go on YouTube, and there, there are many different references and films of um, cymatic tests, and basically what it does is it shows, say, if it were um, on water, it will show when you play a specific note, um, the water will make a pattern, sort of like a snowflake pattern. Um, change the note, change the resonance, and the snowflake pattern will change to another snowflake pattern. So each time that I play a note, the cells in your body, which are made up anywhere between 70 and 90% liquid, will be actually activated to, um, to harmonize to come back into balance. So you're actually, it's a physical as well as uh, an emotional uh, healing that's going on at the same time. You said that when, when your patient comes in, you pick a note. How, how do you go about picking the note? Well, I start with a note. I usually start with the C that's directly below middle C. And I tell them um, to, you know, I'm going to play 10 notes and um, you're going to experience the feeling of that note in your body. And I'll go through so you can start with number one and count. So when you get to number 10, you will have experienced all of the notes that I'm playing for you that day. Um, and then what I'll do is, um, is ask them to choose which note felt the best. So they'll, they'll usually say note, you know, number three or note number five. <clears throat> and then sometimes I'll have to go through the process two or three times. And then I will take that note. So say it's a C, like I said before. Um, and then I will play that C, but I'll also play octaves below and above that C um, and uh, improvise with utilizing the other notes that are harmonic with that C note. Okay. Now, you probably get a wide range of clients. Sure, yeah. Uh, what, what, what's typically the, the type of client that you would get? Um, I would say that there, there isn't um, a typical client. I mean, I've had um, uh, clients who are recovering from cancer, um, have, um, are maybe going through the process of chemotherapy and um, need some relief from that. Uh, I've had clients that have had you know, sports injuries or physical injuries or maybe chronic pain, um, uh, discs in their back that, um, that need, uh, need attention. The, 
there, there's a whole range, people with um, emotional trauma, um, headaches, <laughs> um, sleep disorders. So there's, um, when fibroacoustics first started to be used clinically back in the 70s, um, they were begun, as I said before, by Olaf Skill, Norwegian uh, doctor who actually treated um, uh, children with autism. And uh, he began to publish his findings, um, his positive findings by using vibrations. He, he could, uh, his uh, uh, therapist could get closer to the children faster the children would respond to other techniques faster when they were experiencing the um, the vibroacoustics. <clears throat> so once he published, other areas began to look at that and say, well, gee, I wonder how that would work with Parkinson's. I wonder how that would work with fibromyalgia, with um, MS, with um with an injury. So, so over the years, over the past 40-something years, uh, it's spread to um, cover uh, many other um, types of um, ailing, injury, um, whatever you'd like to call it. And um, uh, that's, that's how the, pro, the pre-programmed vibrations um, have all been um, categorized. You know, it's interesting that you say that vibroacoustic therapy started back in the 70s. I've never really heard of it before, actually, until I met you. And even, I don't know, doing some research when you're kind of looking for maybe more holistic alternatives, usually people turn to maybe acupuncture or herbal remedies or some form of meditation, but this seems like it's new, up and coming, even though it's been around for quite a while. Well, that's, that's true. I'm, I never heard of it until I went to that conference in 2012, just um, three years ago, or not even three years ago, almost three years ago. Um, and um, I don't know why. It's not as well known as it is. Um, there are more and more therapists being trained uh, to use uh, vibroacoustic music, especially uh, therapists who want to use it with music. Um, but uh, actually, healing with sound goes goes back, you know, quite a ways as far as um, uh, Alfred Tomatis, a French. Um, scientist and doctor um, came up with methods of retraining what he called retraining the ear uh, to help people with many problems. And that was, um, I believe he began his research in the 40s. Um, so the sound healing has been around uh, for a long time. And if you, if you want to go back into the ancient times, you know, music or sound, which is vibrations, have been used uh, going all the way back to, uh, I think, probably one of the earliest um, documentations of being healed with sound is in the Bible um, for David and King Solomon uh, being healed from the harp. Um, but there are lots and lots of references of how you know, Tibetans used um, singing bowls. Um, the actual um, 
the actual act of chanting and toning are ways that uh, vibrations have been used for healing. Um, there was a, uh, a monastery uh, that uh, for centuries um, they chanted, um, I believe, five times a day uh, for a total of almost eight hours of chanting uh, on and off through the day. And um, I think it was sometime in the 20th century, uh, the church decided that you know, chanting was um, just this old method and they could be much more productive if they stopped the chanting. So they did that. And um, within a very short amount of time, the uh, monks had less energy. They were producing even less uh, than before. They were having problems with sleeping. And uh, so they reintroduced chanting and everything was fine again. So they traditionally had uh, begun to, um, to see the benefits of, uh, of sound on their bodies. And they're basically, when someone's chanting or toning, which is just usually making a sound of a vowel, then they're actually doing the same thing that's happening to you on a vibroacoustic table as they're, they're resonating all the cells in their body for, um, for peak health. It's interesting because I remember it was probably about 20 years ago I saw a, uh, a documentary about, uh, it was actually the documentary was based around these ca cancer patients that were using harps for healing. Mm -hmm. And the reason why mm -hmm. they used the harps was... Uh, because they, you know, you rest the harp on like your shoulder, and you're pretty much leaning over the harp, so the mm -hmm. vibrations were just going through the body. Where now mm -hmm. they have, you know, is your whole bed set up that you, that mm -hmm. you had and that you have in your office. So it's just interesting to see that evolve, you know, from. Yeah, that that has been referenced, uh, especially with the harp that it leans uh, against uh, the harpist's body. But actually, the harp guitar that I play. The same thing um, happens with me is that the guitar is leaning, uh, you know, it's against actually my sternum. So I'm feeling those vibrations directly <clears throat> into my body at the same time. And that also gives me a chance to say that um, when I am playing, I'm also I'm playing, uh, I'm experiencing what the client is experiencing. And also there's um, a intuitive energy in the room that allows me to, um, to reference that so that I'm knowing what to play. And when I say knowing, it's not an intellectual process. So a lot of the playing that's going on is free form. Um, I'm not thinking about uh, what note to play next or what um, chord goes with this uh, particular key. It becomes basically automatic. And people have asked me, if say, if I gave them an hour session, they've said to me, well, aren't you tired? You've just played, you know, for 50 or 60 minutes straight. And I'm not the least bit tired because... I'm, it's almost like I'm not playing, you know, physically I'm touching the strings. Um, but, uh, it's really the client is dictating to me, um, energetically, 
um, what needs to be played. So it's not uh, it's not a um, it's not a tiring uh, process at all. Yeah, and I, you know, with us working together just this past Friday, and we actually combined um, the Reiki and the vibroacoustic therapy just to see how that would affect clients and maybe we can talk about that a little bit later but there mm -hmm. is really something that just kind of intuitively happens and you can feel it every time I go to get a vibroacoustic session it always sounds different it's not the same song that's played and I think that that's a really neat aspect of it uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you too Dennis because aside mm -hmm. from the vibroacoustic therapy you also work with actively dying and people mm -hmm. who are transitioning and I know Mike and I find that topic very fascinating our first film mm -hmm. the path afterlife was really looking at investigating what happens when people die um, what happens when people come back or have near-death experiences and was wondering if you can just talk about what that is like playing by the bed side of someone who's actively dying, but also kind of educating people about the physiological process, because I've heard you explain that you can really pay attention and you, when you know that the music is starting to slow down a person's heart rate, the color of their skin may start to change. So I think our listeners would be really interested in hearing some of the physiological and then also what the experience is like playing for somebody who is dying. Yeah, the... Um the training that I have as a therapeutic musician, I got through um, MHTP, which is the Music for Healing and, um, sorry, Music for Healing and Transition. And what they teach basically is how to um, actually change a person's body physiologically with sound. And um, as I said before, um, that's something that's been done, you know, throughout history and going back to ancient times. Um, the Greeks actually had um, had an, an actual science, had made an actual science out of it using different modes and different scales for different illnesses. Um, in the Middle East, uh, the... Um, they actually had not just uh, prescribed music for for specific illnesses, but they also had um, prescribed instruments for specific illnesses. So, um, so there's been you know a very uh, comprehensive uh, history of using um, sound, using music to change someone physiologically. Uh, and what MHTP does, uh, Music for Healing Transition Program does, is they teach their students how to use their instruments to either um, raise or lower uh, the heartbeat, to uh, raise or lower blood, blood pressure, oxygenation, um, and um, very, uh, very soon into the um, in, into the lessons, you, you're actually able to use. Um, uh, volunteers who volunteer to to let you do this and um, can watch it on biofeedback uh, equipment so that you can actually see someone's blood pressure lowering or raising. So what I do, uh, say if it's in a hospital situation, say someone is, um, maybe they're not actively dying, but um, but they're uh, recovering or um, or they're in the process of um, 
you know, uh, end of life is my, you know, my goal many times um, is that that patient is anxious. They're probably going through one of the um, stages of grief. They're either in denial or anger or bargaining. Um, they're confused. They're, they hadn't thought about, you know, gee, you know, someone just told me I've got six weeks to live or whatever, or the therapy that I've been trying hasn't been working, and so the doctors have told me, um, you know, there's nothing more that we can do. So they're, they're you know, understandably, they're anxious, they're angry, they have all of these emotions. So my job is to go in and offer some res respite from the um, terrifying or negative emotions that they're having at that time. And we're trained to do that. Um, when, it, uh, when it comes to a patient who's actively dying and in that, um, you know, they've um, possibly lost consciousness, um, they're doing what's called chain-stoke breathing, which is um, like an apnea, uh, they, they stop breathing and then they'll start again. Um, their um, their skin color has changed, um, and so in that situation, what we do is we play um, what's uh, referred to as a um, arrhythmic music. The body is all about rhythms: our heart rate, our pulse, everything, um, the way we digest, uh, the way our organs operate. Uh, they all operate rhythmically, and when someone is transitioning out of their body, going to wherever your belief system uh, allows you to uh, imagine that they go, um, the, they're tied to their bodies in a rhythmic way. So we play arrhythmically, and they entrain to us, and they, um, that helps them go from having their spirit in their body to having their spirit leave their body. Um, I use the word entrainment. Basically what entrainment is, is that um, we will say, for example, if someone was standing waiting for a parade to come by and their normal resting heartbeat is 70 beats per minute, and the parade comes by and they're playing John Philip Sousa's uh, stars and stripes forever at 100 beats per minute and has patriotic implications and the, the band is loud and the drums beating faster, your heart rate will go up naturally. So it's not, it's not difficult to change someone's um, biology if, um, if you just know how to use entrainment. And that's basically, that's, that's the main tool. I mean, also there are things that are going on like uh, the power of intention, um, stating your intention to the to the client, um, to the person in the bed. You know that I'm here to help you rest, to ease your anxiety, um, and uh, that power of intention also um, has a lot to do with it and the energy in the room. So. Uh, those things all working together very, very powerful and can actually change someone, changes, changes them very quickly and very effectively.
How long does a typical session run? The um, prescribed sessions, the vibrations, are about 23 minutes. I'm not sure how they came up with that number, but after about 23 minutes, uh, basically the physical process um, plateaus at that point. You're still getting the benefits from it, but it's, it's at the level that it needs to be. Um, relaxation can deepen. Uh, with a longer session. So especially if someone's there for a sleep disorder and what we're trying to do in that situation is train the body to learn how to uh, rapidly go into relaxation uh, response. Um, and so with a client like that, then usually it goes longer. I don't think I've ever done a 23-minute session they always go at least for 30 minutes, and I've gone as long as <clears throat> as an hour. So, um, but that's um, <clears throat> typical session. I would say for me um, would be between 30 minutes and 60 minutes. And I'm sure you probably run to the occasional skeptic about it. Mm -hmm. Well, if they were skeptic, mm -hmm. they probably wouldn't call you, but. Have you ever have you ever had somebody come in and said, I don't know if it's going to work, but I know it will probably relax me? Do you, do you run into that at all? I have. <clears throat> I have run into people like that. And um, uh, they usually will state that um, not only are they skeptical and don't think that I can help them, but they've been to uh, a million other modalities, and they've not helped them either. And I can actually feel their resistance when they're on the table, and I know that that nothing indeed is going to happen for them because they've um, controlled themselves to not be receptive. I have had also people who were, you know, skeptical um, but were willing to give it uh, a chance to work and did have uh, positive results. Um, I would say 99.5% of the time, someone is going to feel some sort of positive result. Um, the, the process will almost definitely cause your body to relax. And, and it can be used in just that way. You know, today I'm having a stressful day. Uh, I think I'll call Dennis and see if I can get in to see him come in and relax. And in that set, in that situation, it's more it's almost like a spa technique. But um, what I really am interested in doing is being part of someone's recovery plan, um, where we go through a series of uh, looking at what. Uh, what that person is there for, and then a certain amount of sessions that we go along and also working, trying to um, integrate other things like um, whatever happens to work for that person, like Tai Chi or um, meditation or other things that are going to help that person in their recovery plan. And basically, the, the system of medicine that we have right now, which is a very good system when it works, is basically either surgery or pharmaceuticals. Um, and that's basically what a hospital or a doctor has to offer to you. But uh, there's just a huge, huge portion of the pie um, that 
can be utilized other ways like uh, vibroacoustic therapy, like Reiki, like healing touch, um, acupuncture, things that can actually help people's recovery and reduce their stress. And when people stress, stress either causes a disease or it keeps it going. And, um, and to relieve stress and to learn techniques of uh, de-stressing uh, that you can do, you know, when you're not lying on the vibroacoustic table uh, is very, very important to someone's healing process. I also wanted to go back just to those that are actively dying versus clients who are not, uh, maybe mm -hmm. that are, you know, a little more alive. I mean, we're all dying mm -hmm. every day, aren't we? <laughs> but, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah. can, you know, just from your personal experience, can you feel a difference when you're in a room with somebody actively dying versus, say, somebody like Mike or myself coming in? Is there a different quality to what you feel in a room, to the air, to the notes that come out when you're playing intuitively? Is, is there any mm -hmm. difference? Well, um, first of all, there, there are two different techniques. Um, when uh, someone comes for vibroacoustic therapy, it's because they um, generally they'll, they either have uh, a chronic illness, chronic pain, or some sort of um, uh, emotional healing that they need. When I play for someone who's actively dying or at end of life, I'm not using vibroacoustics at all. I'm just using my instrument in the room. So to answer your question, um, I'm not sure what you're asking, but well, um, I, I kind of think I, like even though even though it's different techniques, mm -hmm. you're you're still you feeling it, experiencing right. it, mm -hmm. and right. And you're still playing. There's still music being played, even though the technique might be a little bit different. And I'm just wondering, mm -hmm. from a personal standpoint, does it feel different? Oh, that's an interesting question, and that's something that I've actually thought about consciously. Uh, but now thinking about it, there is a difference in feeling. Um, I don't know if I've got a vocabulary for it and if I can articulate it, but the... With vibroacoustic therapy, it's generally, I guess, graphically, if you looked at it graphically, it's more like a linear plane um, where there's a beginning and an end. And within uh, the space between beginning and ending, that client basically, say, if they're in a, um, you know, in a uh, beta brainwave state, I can basically see them planing down as they get toward the end and, um, you know, and utilizing the time that way. Uh, the client is utilizing the time that way. Uh, and when I say that, maybe they're going somewhere. Um, a lot of times people journey. Uh, they find themselves uh, visualizing things or experiencing past things on a very visceral level. So that's kind of what I'm feeling from my client uh, during a vibroacoustic session. I think with um, therapeutic music with a patient who is at end of life um, or just recovering from surgery, um, 
then I'm actually feeling more of a um, moment-to-moment experience with them. It wouldn't be so much like a linear plane as um, as the uh, person that is on the vibroacoustic table. So, so I may see them go up, come down, because they're more usually at a more vulnerable state. So it can go anywhere. You know, it can it can go to a place where the the client is agitated, and then they begin to slow down, but then they go up again. So I don't know if that if that describes. Uh, what you're looking for, but it is a different. It is a difference. There is a difference, and it's interesting. You should ask that question because I never really thought of it. Um, thought about what is what's the difference between what I'm feeling uh, with with the client. Well, great. I'm glad I asked. Um, yeah. I I wanted to just have a, a chance, Mike. I don't know if you have any questions before we get into it, but I really want to have a little bit of a conversation with Dennis so we could talk about what he and I experienced combining the vibroacoustic and Reiki together last weekend. So Yeah, go did, for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dennis, let's talk about, we didn't really get a chance to process too much what we mm. did experience last Friday, yeah. but yeah. I had one of my clients that offered to come in for a free session. He is a Vietnam veteran that I've been working with for quite a while and just giving him Reiki and a little bit of clinical counseling as well and thought he would be a really good candidate to come in to try this. He's up for anything um, that has to do with any type of healing modality, a pretty open-minded client of mine. And then we also had Dennis's wife come in for a session. And Dennis and I have been trying to figure out what, what would happen, what would be like if Vibroacoustic therapy was happening at the t- same time that somebody was getting Reiki, and actually, Mike's a Reiki master now. I don't think I don't know if oh, you knew that last time. Yeah. Just, I didn't know that. Congratulations, Mike. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I think it was probably about a month after we met. Um, I mm. got the uh, master certificate. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, so, so Mike, um, Mike, so Mike, I'll, Mike be expect, to... I'll be expecting a session, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll get a, maybe we'll trade uh, some music yeah. for some Reiki. That's hey right. now, don't, don't, yeah. don't uh, come into my territory here. <laughs> I'm traded, I'm traded Reiki for vibroacoustic, but no, I'll share. I can't I'll get share. enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share, but yeah, so, you know, Dennis and I, we just said, let's get some guinea pigs together and let's see what would happen before maybe we actually start offering these sessions to the public. And, you know, one of our thoughts were, just gosh, what the type of healing that's happening with the hertz, the frequencies, the sound frequencies, the you know speakers in his massage table, and then the frequency of the Reiki that's being administered into the person's body. And both of our clients at the end of the session could not move. They were almost, they almost felt in a way that they were paralyzed or that they were trying to like come back into their body, but they found it to be so hard to open their eyes to actually come back into the room and feel their bodies again. But both really reported such a deep level of relaxation. And it was a, it was pretty emotional, I think, on an intuitive level for both Dennis and I. 
and I don't think either of us were expecting what what the sessions were going to be like. We had no idea. The clients had no idea. We just went for it. But Dennis, do you want to start off just with what it was like and how you played differently? Because that's kind of why I was asking that question is, you know, was there mm. any difference, you know, playing for actively dying people and then the vibroacoustic clients that you have? And then I know that just a little bit that we had a chance to talk that you felt something completely different when we combined the Reiki in the room. Well, um, what I noticed, um, a couple things. Uh, what, one, of, one of the main things that I noticed was that um, the sounds that I was using became um, very, uh, for you know, lack of a better uh, word, uh, ephemeral um, insofar as uh, their the notes were um, seemed to be uh, spaced farther apart, letting the notes ring longer. Um, and as I said before, these aren't choices that I make uh, cognitively or intellectually. They're actually what I'm feeling, which is actually what uh, improvisation is. It's it's actually what you're feeling is is being expressed by your instrument. And I think that was a result of the adding the Reiki to it. Um, Reiki, and I'm not fully, uh, you know, you're, you know, you know, way more about the tradition of Reiki, but it's, it's, it's more of, um, uses primarily energy and um, a system of um, channeling that energy. And so that was also feeding into my um, playing was the um, the more spiritual, um, if I can use that word, the more spiritual aspect of the Reiki uh, going on at the same time as the um, physical part of the vibrations going into the client's body and the um, musical notes having the emotional effect on the client, so um, so my playing was uh, was very different, and also the um, the depth of my feeling was deeper than when I play one on one for the client, just myself. So um, uh, and so yeah, so that's um, that was pretty much uh, it was very powerful for me too. Uh, very t touched me very deeply. It's uh, it's. I'm, I'm not sure if I could do that every day, all day long. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it was you know? pretty intense. I yeah, kind of felt yeah. felt that too. You know, very different than when I'm one on one with a client, just giving a Reiki session. I mean, I had similar experiences when we combined the vibroacoustic, where, you know, in my Reiki sessions, I can feel or see certain things that are happening in a person's body, whether it be physically. Many times, I'll venture into what one would probably call some psychic space or see images or stories of the person's life or get mm -hmm. a real intuitive feeling of the emotion that they're holding within their body. But it was kind of hard to tap into that, like a normal Reiki session that I have. And really what my experience was when I was hearing the music being played, and Dennis, you had mentioned this once before, that with that intuition of how you play where it's not really cognitive and you're not really thinking about it, that you're almost feeling as if your client is 
playing the song itself. Like the client's energy is somewhat what is maybe even activating some of the notes that are coming out. Like you're playing their Mm -hmm. song back to them. And Mm -hmm. my experience with both, and we had a male and a female, was Mm -hmm. the music was so pure and so beautiful that I felt like I heard the song of the person's soul. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard to put it into words, but I felt like with each person, I was able to just really feel who they were at a very core soul level that was just love and it was beautiful and there was no like negative emotional attachments to it or negative memories. It was just such a pure essence of a human being. And it was so emotional in both sessions that I, there were periods where I actually started to cry. And Mm -hmm. then after the sessions and after we started actually talking and processing our experience, I couldn't stop crying. And it wasn't a sad cry. It was just, what the heck did I just experience? I feel like I, you know, saw two people through probably what people would explain would be like the eyes of God or the eyes of Mm. source of just Mm. really feeling a person's energy and being with them so perfectly that you're just accepting them and loving them for who they are. And Mm. it, I would agree with you. I don't know if I could do that every day, all day either. I was kind of shocked at the experience, the reaction, the feeling that I had after the sessions, but I know that both of them felt really great afterwards. And it was really cool to put the two therapies together and see such a profound effect for all of us involved, not only the clients, but the practitioners. So that was a really cool experience. I'm glad we got a chance to do that. I hope we do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We will do it again. Um, and you explain it very well. Um, I wish I was able to articulate it as well as, as you did. Um, and also, there's you know there's a huge amount of uh, what goes on that we don't have a vocabulary for because that's not the kind of thing that is talked about in our culture. You know, there may be a culture that has words for that. Um, you know, there may be a culture, probably a culture that's uh, less te- technologically inclined than our culture that, that can actually um, have words uh, to explain that these different uh, feelings that happen. But, yeah, I know that just since um, last Friday, um, Sherry, my wife, came in uh, for a, a vibroacoustic treatment um, actually um, day before yesterday. And um, she, you know, I asked her afterwards how she felt and she, you know, she did tell me that she said, well, it was, you know, it was not as powerful as, as last Friday was uh, with April and you together. But she said, um, she said, I wouldn't really want that every time. Um, you know, she said she had a very good positive feeling uh, two days ago afterwards and uh, actually said that it was the best vibroacoustic session she's had so far. Um, but uh, still just had a totally different um, element than it did with, um, with both uh, the vibroacoustics and Reiki at the same time. I think that um, I think that you know we're we're still limited to only two uh, experiences, but I I think that it would be something that would be added in uh, occasionally to someone's recovery plan. 
Maybe we'll make Mike our next guinea pig. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if um, if April's client uh, had gotten back to her for feedback. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he just felt really completely relaxed, had a great mm-hmm. couple of days after the session and really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Sherry said. Um, she actually said that for... Uh, the two days, Saturday and Sunday, after the session was the best that she felt both physically and emotionally in a long time. And that's the only thing that she could think of that was different was the fact that she had that session. Um, and she's she's been having some chronic pain, and um, she was pain-free for those two days. So I think that can be attributed to it. So it's kind of like the, the Reiki with the vibroacoustic therapy is kind of like an amplifier in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, um, I think that they both, you know, that they amplify each other, you know, the, um, you know, they, they work back and forth, um, producing a whole, um, uh, maybe third set of resonances, um, that are, that are not physical. Right. Another dimension. Yeah. Now, how can uh, people uh, get in touch with you? Um, they can go to uh, my website, which is DennisDominic.com, or they can call me, 518-361-5343, and, uh, and we can set something up uh, for them to come in and, uh, and experience it. And you're in, uh, if I remember correctly, you're in Malta, New York? No. In Glens Falls, New York. Glens Falls, okay. Right, yeah. And actually, um, I have not uh, done this yet, but one of my um, my future goals is to, um, I have a way of, um, I have a portable device that I uh, can take to trade shows and um, health fairs and things like that, and to, um, to actually go into... Um, nursing homes and offer vibroacoustics to the people in nursing homes. Um, one of the, the fact that people in nursing homes are usually sedentary and, and not getting a lot of stimulation, vibroacoustics, um, as I said before, um, after about 15 minutes, it starts to release um, beneficial chemicals that are generally uh, released during exercise. So. Um, these folks don't have an opportunity usually for exercise, so so that's something that could be very helpful to their well-being. So um, that's one of my goals is to um, take uh, vibroacoustics on the road to nursing homes and nursing facilities. So I would be interested in any nursing facilities that um, would consider that. Okay. Now, for people who aren't local to uh, New York or to the Glens Falls area, mm-hmm. is there like um, like a website that people can go to where there's like a directory of uh, vibroacoustic mm-hmm. therapists? You know, unfortunately, I don't think that there is um, a clearinghouse for or any list of uh, vibroacoustic therapists. Um, so uh, I think, though, um, if you got in touch with uh, Kate Kunkel and um, 
she's actually in Markham, just outside of Toronto, Ontario, she would have other students uh, that she probably would know, you know, whether whether or not they're in your location. And also Sarah Jane Williams probably has um, a database of students of hers who do harp therapy. They don't do the same uh, combination therapy that I do, but they do uh, harp therapy and um, harp vibroacoustics. Uh, they call it vibroacoustic harp therapy, actually. And um, they're, they're probably out there. But unfortunately, I don't think that there is, um, you know, a uh, database for all the people who practice vibroacoustic therapy. I mean, there's not, there are some that do it without music. You know, there are clinics that use vibroacoustics, um, you know, without uh, utilizing the uh, the music uh, or, or an instrument. So, um, you know, so there's probably a whole bunch of those uh, out there. I know a lot of physical therapists will use it in their therapy. Okay. Great. Well, Dennis, as always, such a pleasure to speak to you and talk more and more about this fibroacoustic therapy. We do have a web series that's going to be coming out. So for all of you listeners, if you actually want to see what Dennis looks like, we will have him on film. And uh, the announcement of that, when that will be released, we don't quite have yet, but that's still in the works. And again, if you'd like to contact Dennis for a session, feel free to visit his website at DennisDominic.com or give him a call at 518 361 and for all of our listeners, if you haven't yet checked out our uh, trilogy that we have of our documentaries, you can go to our website at thepathseries.com. We currently have released The Path Afterlife and The Path Beyond the Physical. Thank you all for listening, and we'll tune in next time. <laughs>